Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Presented by Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast for professionals based in the city of Los Angeles. This is episode seven of Believe in GCU. We believe in our teams here at Grand Canyon University in the heart of Phoenix, Arizona. Do you believe? I do believe, Jack. Do you believe? I believe. Do you believe? Well, I just said it, so yes. Well, I believe. I believe. Do you believe? I believe. Well, I believe. Alrighty then. I believe. believe in all of our teams. We're going to talk about all of our teams today. Yeah, we you are. Dig? A little bit of everybody. You, know, you want to start with some bad news, some good news? Uh, just get it out of the way. Yeah, let's get the bad news out of the way. Men's basketball is out to an 0-3 start. For the first time since 2009, I think. So the first time in the Dan Morley era that they started out 0-3 on the season. They lost to Davenport in kind of an embarrassing fashion. That, that's a game you got to win at home, opening night, D2 team. Very competitive D2 team at that. They won their conference last year. Davenport, uh, I don't know if they played exceptionally well or we just disappoint. Like it was just a disappointing offensive game for the Lopes. I feel like they didn't hit any of their shots from outside the range. Uh, Carlos Johnson, what was it? He had 21 points on 22 shots, 22 points on 21 shots in that game. And then, of course, Illinois. The fighting Illini, I feel like, going into that game after losing Davenport, I don't think anybody had much confidence. I'm talking about the Havocs there, not the team. Team obviously had confidence going into the game, still looking for their first win. They don't find it. Uh, what was it, a 12-point loss? They cut it to five. So, like, 12. they definitely showed much more energy than they did against Davenport, which is a good sign. They cut it to five in the final few minutes, end up losing the game by 12. And then, of course, last night they took – Took their game on the road to San Diego, San Diego State. The Aztecs, they lost by 25 points. That's a large margin, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, not what you want to see if you're Coach Dan Marley and the Lopes. So, Kyle, your thoughts on uh, this start? Can't be good. Well, it's not a good start. Obviously, you'd think you'd be at least one and two at this point, you know, just because of Davenport. But Davenport came in here, gave them their best shot, and their best shot was... uh, 12-point win, so I think that was a wake-up call, and they played really well on Friday against Illinois. Despite the loss, they cut it down to four in the final few minutes, couldn't make a shot really when it mattered the most. Illinois then turned it back on all of a sudden, and then last night, jumped out to a 10-8 lead. We hit six of our first 10 shots in the first half through the first eight and a half minutes and then all of a sudden missed 15 of the next 17 and did not score in the final five minutes of the first half and the Aztecs shot 13 for 27 for the game from three-point range Nathan Mensa had six dunks by himself and that's just the defense looked pretty well for most of that game the defense looked very good Six dunks, and then you followed up, but the defense looked very good in that game. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, despite that. Despite the six dunks, the defense had good game. You know, they rotated well. They were helping. It looked it looked better than it did against Davenport. 
which yeah. is yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Totally which is different good. offense you know, and defense. Totally they, different. Energy. We had a 14-4 run in the second half that got us back to within 11. Could have gotten it closer, and then all of a sudden, San Diego State brings their starters back in, and we did yeah. not have an answer. And it we doesn't did help. Not need that. You know, only being able really to play six, maybe seven guys on certain nights, not helpful really, just because of everything that's going on. It's not anybody's fault really. Right. You know, it's just the injuries, the ineligibility, just everything, and not having the size that they've had in years past. Rebounding wise, not the best situation. But San Diego State rebounded or rebound. They pressed for 40 minutes because they knew we were only playing six, seven guys. And when you press for 40 minutes, they're not pressing hard. They're just making you dribble the ball up 94 feet. Isn't helpful. And when you shoot four of 18 from three, that also. Help. Lorenzo Jenkins, uh, two for seven spot. from Lorenzo downtown. Jenkins, Isaiah Brown. and I was going to say, Lorenzo Jenkins, uh, he did not hit many of his shots against Illinois on Friday. This was definitely a great rebound game for him, 15 points. But again, two, two for seven. Career high. You know, Lorenzo, he can shoot the ball. Yeah. When he's on, he's on. But when he's off, he's off. <laughs> it's, you know, when he's on, he's really, really good. And he showed he had flashes last night. He had flashes of greatness, dare I say, greatness. You know, Lorenzo, if he's still learning the offense. He's new, grad transfer from Colorado State. You know, he's got one year, got to learn everything still. So it's still a learning process. As soon as that flip switches, he'll be dangerous for us, which is nice. Get that three-point stroke consistent. And as soon as Oscar and Mikey are in the game next semester, hopefully for Oscar, if not, Mikey's definitely back December the 16th, New Mexico, I believe. Mikey is officially eligible for that New Mexico game, which will be very helpful because Mikey Dixon, for the next year and a half, definitely help. It helps the guard rotation. It's depth. You add another man to the rotation. It's nice. But Alessandro can't foul out, only playing 20 minutes. No, he can't have that. You know, and he's just – and I, Dan said it best. Let's see. I have the article right here. Dan said it best after the game. They've got to get our best players playing better. We're not going to turn this around anytime soon until the players figure it out. It's just not enough. We're not tough enough. We're not playing hard enough. We're not playing disciplined enough. I'm just very disappointed. That's a direct quote from Dan Marley in the article from Paul Coro on GCLopes.com. You can go read it if you don't believe me. Believe. I believe you. you I believe you. everything Paul Coro writes. Thank Obviously, you. our senior writer here on campus. Gotta have Paul on the show. But of course, that would be great. But of a lot course, of great insights. Dan's talking about Alessandro and Carlos. They're our two best players at the moment because Oscar's out. And he said about Alessandro, he's one of our best players. He's got to act like it. He's not right now. He's just got to play with a lot more confidence. And as soon as Alessandro shows that confidence like he did when he was a freshman, Two years ago, he turned it on all of a sudden, and he surprised everybody about how good he was and how good he could be. And then last year, you know, sophomore slump almost type of year, but he still had good year, averaged 12 points again. You know, 12 and five and a half, I believe, is what Alessandro averaged last year. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot that no. the coaching staff can do other than keep doing what they're doing. It's just everybody's kind of got to come together and say, all right, this is what we have to do to win. And you can see it on possessions where three, four guys are touching the ball on uh, every possession. Those are the possessions they get the best look, the best shot off. They tend to score it on those possessions. I mean, I feel like it's tough when the players you have out there aren't hitting their shots and then half your roster is basically ineligible. I mean, 
I think we can confirm, well not confirm at this point, but is it safe to say that Jalen Fisher, we won't see him? Still up for debate. We have is that no a idea. mic drop statement or is that? We have no idea. That's another thing that nobody really knows about. Again, that's just an assumption here. We have, we have still not seen him in a GCU uniform, just still waiting on the waiver and some other NCAA type issues. That's why we love the NCAA here. You know, NCAA is great. Hopefully you'll see Oscar back. Next semester is the earliest you can see him really. Sometime in December, I believe. I'm not sure the exact date he would be eligible because I'm not sure the uh, NCAA rules exactly what they state on academic eligibility and when it is. I don't know if they have a set date for everybody that's academically ineligible per se. That's, all right, this is when you can come back or if it's when our semester ends officially. Or what? I just don't know how that's going to work. Well, they're looking to turn it around. You got to think positively. Uh, women's basketball, though, they're one and one. Yeah, they, they looked are. great in both their games so far. It's an unfor it was an unfortunate loss to North Dakota. It was gut wrenching, I'd say. It was. It was the overtime loss. You you know you had the shot to win at the end of the game. You got the shot you wanted. You got the layup. You just what are you gonna the do? layup to win? What are you, you just you just missed Tavia it. Tavia so. Rowell didn't even start in that game against North Dakota. Ends up with 15 points, three for seven, I think, from downtown. Downtown Phoenix, long distance calling. I believe that was my call. Oh, geez. No, I got to mention one thing though. Volleyball the other night. California Baptist. They win three to one after losing the first set. Our synced, signed, sealed, and delivered call, I'm going to pull it up right now. Oh, no. Was gold. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, oh, I missed it. Uh, but, yeah, they picked up a 3-1 to one win. Basketball, of course, they beat Benedictine on opening day and then lost in a heartbreaker. It was 87-85, uh, 88-76. 78-76. That was the final score in overtime. They got free basketball on Friday. There were a couple of camps in the crowd, so it was kind of packed in the arena for once for women's basketball, which was nice to see. But they're back in action tonight against uh, Southern Utah, right? Southern Utah. 2-0 Southern, Southern Utah. They are supposed to be, I hear, better than North Dakota, so it'll be a very tough test for the Lopes tonight. But let's see, Southern Utah's won both their games by double digits. Uh, California State University Fullerton, 79-63, and they went on the road to Orem and took down the Wolverines, 71-58, and they will make an appearance here in Phoenix this evening at 6 p.m. Catch that on the YouTube. Well, I was checking out their past few seasons. They haven't had a winning season since 2013. I think they went uh, somewhere along the lines of like 23 and 8 in 2013. Since then, it's been under 500. They've been a very subpar team. Obviously, out to 2-0 start this year. I don't know if it's the schedule. I don't know if it's a coaching change. I don't know if it's just an entirely different team this year. But they're looking good thus far, and they're definitely going to give the Lopes some problems tonight. Again, the Lopes, I think they're the second youngest team in all of women's college basketball, which is kind of an insane They are the second stat. youngest. They have the second most underclassmen in college basketball. 80% of the roster is underclassmen. And they're going to need all of that roster, all of that depth here tonight uh, against Southern Utah. Looking to go to 2-1. and one. Again, you can check that game out on GCU TV or the Southern, WAC Digital Network. Southern Utah is holding opponents to just 16.5 points per game and a shooting percentage of 37.5. So that just goes to show you how good the defense of Southern Utah actually is. It'll be interesting tonight if the if the ladies come out strong like they have in the last two games, they'll be in good spot to win the game again. And I think that's just the learning curve is figuring it out, figuring out Coach Powell's playing style, what she wants run when. And it really it helps with Laura Piera out there. Yeah. Of course, she's been in the system for a year. She's got that high basketball IQ. And it also helps that Jada Holland has come off. And Jada 
Holland has just been outstanding. She's really setting the tone early this year. In yeah. her first two games, and they raved about her before the season started, was how good she was going to be. And I don't think they expected this out of her this early, but if they can get a couple more players going, Deja Daniels had decent start. Well, the thing about Deja Daniels, she didn't have any points in the first half against North Dakota, and then she came out of the gate storm and she had 21 points before she left with a leg injury. So she's probably a no-go tonight. I don't know what the severity of the injury is. I think is. it was cramps. Which, because she had be it against Bened- it was. She had, she had it against Benedictine as well. But she definitely powered through that the end of that game with the, that leg injury, whether it was cramps or not. I'm not exactly positive on that, but definitely something along that line. I think it was. I don't think it was anything too serious, which is a good because well, yeah, they need Deja yeah. Daniel. Cramps are good. Well, yes, but not, well, they're not good, but they're better than anything uh, legit, else that could be. Injury. But Deja Daniel, big key for them. Balagay's been pretty good, yeah. which is she what had you, a great first half. You like points. to see that hurt. She needs to come in and grab rebounds. If they can get Kennedy Schwartz and May Bryant going as well on the inside, the two newcomers. Two of the newcomers, we're going to be very dangerous come January. I think May Bryant has the potential to be a breakout star on this team. You haven't seen it yet. She hasn't had much uh, minutes yet either. Absolutely. But. Jada Moss also going to get there yeah. as well. And then you'd like to see Tavia Rao continue to produce that 13 to 15 or more point range like she has in the first two games. And then Ben Laveris. She can shoot the ball. She's yeah. like Lorenzo Jenkins. When she's on, she's on. Again, still you'd really like early to see in the her season, come off the bench. Break out yet, so. You'd like to see her come off the bench and really hit a couple of big shots for the Lopes from deep is what you would like. And then Laura Pierre is going to do Laura Pierre. Hey, she did a tremendous job. I know the points didn't show. I think she only had two points in the game on Friday. Did an awesome job setting up the likes of Tavia Rell. Uh, Tiana Brown again with 15 Tiana points too. Balagay. Uh, we mentioned Deja Daniel as well. Inside the paint. Tremendous job in that second half. So we'll see if Laura Piera can break out tonight against Southern Utah. Again, you can check that game out on GCU TV or the WAC Digital Network or on YouTube. YouTube.com slash GCU. Uh, women's volleyball, again, coming off that California Baptist win. We were on the call for that one. And guess what, Kyle? I found the call. Oh, geez. Our Here we sing, go. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Let, let's take a listen. To send California Baptist packing, Kyle, if you want to say with me. If you don't, that's fine, too. Signed, sealed, and delivered. How do you like that? Lopes pick How do you like that, Kyle? Yeah, I don't like it at all. First time ever. Won't be the last. Uh, it might be the last there, Jack. We'll talk things over with our producer. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. No, women's uh, volleyball. Now holds this year the 2019 team will forever well not forever but can final time. but can say that they hold the Division One GCU records record for wins in a single season so congratulations ladies for getting that win you hear that you getting a phone call you hear that yeah we might have an incoming call is that a Philip Katofmo is this gonna be a Philip Katofmo sighting you're on the, Answer the podcast phone. network building the suspense. Answer the phone. Ladies and gentlemen, making his epic return to Grand Canyon University via satellite. Oh, God. Former GCU broadcaster, Philip Katofmo. Philip Katofmo, former GCU broadcaster, making his Believe in GCU podcast debut. How does it feel to be back? Uh, well, for right now, it's kind of crappy because the reception's real bad, but um, I'm honored that I'm a guest for Kyle telling me that you guys were going to do this, and I've been waiting to get my opportunity to get on the show and I'm excited. Well, I tried to get my people in contact with your people and it was just a whole bamboozle. We couldn't get a hold of you. We know, of course, we, need, we needed the big uh, countrywide uh, star, Philip Catalfamo. How's that show going, by the way? Countywide is going great. Whatever, whatever. Shameless plug. It happens. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love, I love my job. So and give me one second uh, to get into work real quick. Uh, any good interviews thus far? I got a chance to talk with um, Embry Riddle. They're a 
are the uh, local university and uh, going to be calling some games for them soon, so that'll be fun. Yeah, you got to call some uh, football games in the in the, this past fall? I did. I did get an opportunity yeah. to call some, uh, some Go Marauders. Games. Yeah, Go Marauders is right. Well, they didn't win a game, which was a little frustrating, but... All right, almost Go Marauders. All right, 2020, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. They're looking for comeback season. So we'll comeback season. Did you have any vintage calls for uh, football, um, or were you the standard Cottonwood Joe Buck? Um, they usually standard. Um, haven't I haven't called football since I was with uh, Team Ten Ten back in my hometown. So it had been a hot minute since I'd called um, high school football. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't get a chance to to build any big calls, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so, have you kept up with any GCU sports whatsoever? Because I know if I grad once, once I graduate, I'm probably out of it. <laughs> uh, Shame. I, I know that the the women's volleyball team right now is absolutely killing it. In the Twenty-two and five. Start out zero and three. Yeah. It's been a little frustrating. Twenty-two but, and uh, five women's volleyball. We were talking about men's basketball. Nobody's hitting their shots. Obviously, I think San Diego State was a tough one, regardless. But the way they're playing and the, how like half their team is ineligible to begin with. So, what are you gonna yeah, do? It's tough. Uh, this is definitely going to be, I think, a a determining year for the future of Dan Marley as the head yeah. coach of the of the uh, Lopes, uh, which is which is a shame because I've met Dan a couple times and he's a really nice guy. But you lose to a D two to open out your season, and I know that playing against San Diego State is tough. But, uh, it's not a great way for for the Lopes to start out uh, losing losing. I mean, to who the, who was that first game to? Was it uh, Davenport? Davenport. Yeah, losing to Davenport like that, and then uh, following it up with another loss to another sort of lesser school, and uh, it's it has not been a good start to the season for the Lopes. But I, I'm, I guess I'm optimistic. It won't always be like this. I, it doesn't matter if you lose every out of conference game. There's always the in conference where you can go undefeated and still make the place, make the postseason. But nonetheless, this is really not a good start for this team. They need some more size. I think they've got too many guards. Yeah, well, you know, the size is the problem really rebounding they just gotta want the ball you know gotta want the, to rebound the basketball javon blackshear jr led all rebounders last night from both teams with 10 rebounds and he's only 511 it's not good when you got a five it's not good when you've got a 511 guard out rebounding your seven foot center i know alexandra's listed at 610 but he's about seven feet that's that's not a good thing um they need to be a little more aggressive on the boards and i don't know they're just too small in my opinion just don't have enough height, but I feel like that's been an issue ever since I've been there at least. And it's just, it's, I mean, it's just tough that you, you listen, I mean, you got outshot by Davenport, and then I didn't really see the Illinois game, but I know they lost. And then, I mean, it's tough to beat San Diego State, but we've beaten them in the past. We beat them two years ago at GCU. I was at that game, and it was slight flex. Probably one of the, yeah, just, <laughs> it, was a, it was a great game. But uh, there's still tough competition, but nonetheless, I mean, you, you lose against, what is it, Arkansas Pine Bluff next? you, you got to start thinking about where is this program going and where are they going to look? You know, they, you can't go from consecutive whack championship appearances to a possible one and done in the playoffs because you lose to teams like Pine Bluff or you, lose, you lost to Davenport. you, you got to beat up on the teams you beat up. They're just missing a little grit. I mean, ever since... Um, uh, uh, Kerwin, not Kerwin. Um, Kyle, help me out with the name. Uh, I need more than that. Yeah, uh, it starts with a K. Uh, he was a big rebounder. Keontae. Your first, yes, Keontae Vernon. Uh, Keontae Vernon was your sort of 
you know, your your grit and grime, the guy who was down there grabbing boards wasn't afraid to, wasn't afraid to throw himself into defenses, wasn't afraid to throw himself anywhere. He's kind of like the Dennis Rodman of the team, and I just don't see that with this team. I don't I don't see that that sort of go-to guy who's going to be down low in the post and grab rebounds and set this team up. They've got solid shooters, um, but if you can't grab boards, then you're not going to really set anybody up, set anyone up for shots or even give yourself a second opportunity. And to have Javon Blackshear, you know, all the credit to the freshman going in there and grabbing rebounds at 5'11 or whatever, but nonetheless, to, to have Alessandro Oliveira, who's, in my opinion, been one of the, and I know Alessandro, he's a really nice guy, and I'm going to probably take a little flack saying this, has been soft ever since he's been there. I hate seeing that sort of outside in with Alessandro, who is a very skilled inside scorer, but only re- likes to rely more on the shooting because I just feel like he's afraid of contact. It, said a lot with the European players, and Alessandro, like I said, is a great basketball player, very, very nice guy, but he's got to get, he's got to get more aggressive down low. I mean, the guy can be dominating with, with his size, but he's just not, and it's, it speaks a lot that Javon had more rebounds than Alessandro. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what Dan was saying after the game last night, was that Alessandro needs to play with more confidence, and I think that starts by getting him inside more and getting him more yeah. touches because we have not gotten Alessandro enough touches really in the in the paint he has not had a lot of touches th- to start the season and i think that to start some games you got to you got to run your plays for Alessandro and if he gets going early get him two or three consecutive baskets or at least touches with good shots it'll open up Carlos Johnson to drive it'll open up Isaiah Brown to drive Javon Blackshear can then shoot the ball from the outside, and so can Lorenzo Jenkins. So they can get Alessandro going. They'll they'll start to progress and build, and by the time January comes around, they'll be in a good spot. And that's the thing is, you need you do need to get you do need to get Alessandro going inside so that you can't work inside out. But uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, like I said, you got good shooters. And if you're not giving yourself second chances, then you're just not you know you're just kind of wasting your time at that point. So what do you think about women's basketball thus far? Are not looking too bad. Uh, you know, I think they had a lot of potential last season. It was a little bit of a tougher season. Um, they're they're one and one right now. Um, I mean, Laura Pierre is still a leader for this team coming in in her second year. I haven't. I'll be honest. I have not seen too many of the uh, women's basketball games just yet. But from what I have, the highlights that I've seen, Carla Balagay is playing great. Laura is obviously going to continue to play great. Uh, they got a couple. Uh, seems like they got a couple. You know players coming in uh, obviously it's nice to have Deja Daniel back um, saw her last year she's awesome down low she Alessandra should play more like Deja Daniel Deja is not afraid <laughs> to grab boards and push shots back up she, she'll throw her body to the wolves she don't care that's why she, she plays a great uh, center position for the Lopes and uh, I mean Ben Lavaris is back uh, I'm looking at the roster right now like I said I, I haven't gotten a chance to see a whole lot of these games it's nice that uh Camille or Camille, however you said it, Harris is back, or Haley is back, Taylor Caldwell is back. They've got some nice pieces, and I think, um, you know, they're, they're, they're looking to make a little bit of a run. I don't know if they're the winner, they're, if they're the team to beat right now in the WAC, um, but uh, Nicole Powell's got herself a, a little squad who's going right now, and, and they could surprise a lot of people, much like the women's volleyball team did. Absolutely. The women's, ba- women's basketball could be that dark horse play spoiler come WAC tournament time. And beat a team yeah. that probably shouldn't be beaten. I hope so. I mean, they've got the talent for sure. It's just, you know, can Nicole put together a good squad or put together, you know, the right pieces at the right time to, to make a run? Like I said, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of the games yet. Uh, 
I'm getting there, but um, obviously I don't follow it as much as you guys do because I don't work for GCTV anymore. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless um, it seems like she's got a great squad, and, and they really can make a, a good push. They've got some solid returners back. And uh, so we're caught up now. Men's basketball, women's basketball. We're talking women's volleyball, 22-5. and five. They're probably going to finish second in the WAC this year by New Mexico State. Yes, they okay. will finish second. Which is a great improvement from last year where I think they only won, like, what, two games? No, they were, like, 6-13. and 13. Yeah, give them a little bit more credit, Phil. Come on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's, it's been a minute. But last season was not as point. good as this season, for sure. Yeah, much better this season than they were last year. Uh, what? So they've won 3-1 to one against California Baptist on Monday. Monday we were on the call for that. Uh, Phil, we, were, we just touched on it before you came on. Me and Kyle had a great sync call at the end. Same time, same cadence. It, it was. He it made was, me do it. It'll never happen again, but it was awesome. You know what's funny is uh, I was telling my producer here at Yabba Pie Broadcasting, Ryan Nichols, about Kyle's call for the uh, Nevada baseball game with the guy's last name was like was Congress. Council, his last name was Congress. A Congress. Congress. I was telling him about how excited you were to, to make that pun, and then you finally made it. I had I, to. I'll never forget Darby. My sister Darby texted me when you guys were on the call together, and she said, "You got to hear Kyle's call." <laughs> that was so funny. Session of Congress is closed as Josh That's Congress right. will leave the mound. That is right. That will forever be one of my favorite calls that Kyle's ever had. I, I had a good one had we hit a home run off him, too. Oh, I bet. I had a good one. It's always fun. And, Phil, I don't know if you uh, saw the uh, GCU uh, Lopes new app, the commercial for it. Your, your Dowdle call's in there from FSU. Oh, wow. Um, you know what the worst part of that is? If it's not Dowdle. Dowdle. I know. It was uh, Gianna Nicoletti. I say that every time. That's what I. That's the first thing I thought when I saw the commercial. I'm like, nope. I was like, it's great so call, unfortunate. Person. I was like, so unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's still a great story. Um, I I, I mean, Chip, Jack, you had an opportunity to do a call that game, but you wanted to take the second game. Yeah, I bring that up. Yeah. I bring that up every time I see the commercial too. And that's what I say right after it. I'm like, Phil, give me the option for game one and two. I said, oh, I'll take two. If he gives yeah, well, you the option. Neither expected the number one seed to lose to an unranked. Uh, small conference team on a in a basically a friendly tournament but uh yeah her dad gianna's dad actually dm'd me on twitter and was like hey great call but that was not maddie dowdle that was my my daughter gianna she was subbed in later and i was like oh cool we're a little twerp it, all right way to go yeah, phil i know that's that's what i get for not really paying attention to the substitution don't, don't let uh, don't let our uh, little friend from the oklahoma game know yeah uh, that's, <laughs> that's another thing that's fascinating our YouTube, our YouTube person. I, th- I think that was more on you guys than anybody else. We didn't even do anything. <laughs> I-, I thought we did a good call for that game, but Oklahoma fans are expecting something else. Uh, well, Oklahoma softball, what are you going to do? No, but I always find it funny, that FSU game. I'm like, all right, so they, they beat the undefeated. I think they were, what, 20 and 0, 23 and 0? Undefeated, yeah. 22-0. Right. And I'm like, all right, game two, they're definitely dropping this one 11-2 or something like that. And I think it was like 11-1. to I'm like, yep, yeah, that yeah. was lame. That was really yeah. lame. Way to go, That one Jack. made a lot more sense than the first one. Uh, you always take the first one because the first one is always going to be the most competitive. Yeah, I guess. More than Not likely. Always. More than likely. Wait. Well, when you come into it and the team's undefeated and the number one ranked team in the nation and you're just a small conference school and you're just kind of expecting, okay, it's going to be run rule, it's going to be an early game, and the second one's going to do the same thing. And no one expected GCU to go in and win that game. I mean, it was a friendly tournament. Coach Pearson and, and uh, Patty Gasso were are really good friends. 
and it was just an invitation because they both share religious faith. And uh, no one expected uh, Florida State to lose that game. I mean, if you had put money on it, you probably would have got a nice return. But nonetheless, it was a great win for GCU. Solid call for me, except the name mis- mishap. But uh, nonetheless, it was a great game. Yeah, if you're ever at the GCU Arena, Phil, they play the commercial before every game because they need at everyone the to download, download the app. So if you're ever showing up to a basketball game, you'll, you'll be able to hear to make it. Out there. I definitely want to make it out there for a basketball game. It's actually the second time I've been featured in a GCU commercial. My, I know. There was a Damian Herman goal for the men's soccer game that I called my first year. And that Another was slight flex. Commercials. Yeah. That was slight flex. I know. I strive my, to be in commercials. He did they, one arm. He may as well do the other. I, I, I may not work there anymore, but I'm still around. I know. Still it's in like, people's heads. It's okay. We talk about heads. it all the time, Phil. We're like, we need to get this guy's calls off the air. <laughs> so you were in Phoenix this past week, weren't you? At a Suns game? I did. You I didn't even bother to stop game. by? Um, it was on a Tuesday. It was actually two days ago. Yeah. And... Uh, I was here. I mean, it was late. I wanted to just go see the game and hang out with my buddy and take off, but um, it's hurtful because it was a Tuesday and I had to work Wednesday. It's hurtful. But my my plan is to make it down to GCU at some point. Excellent. We got to show you in the new office, our new digs. Yeah. I have seen the new office. I saw it when I went to do sideline reporting for the WAC this pat uh, the past softball tournament. But uh, I didn't, it wasn't all set up, so I definitely have to go check it out again. Uh, what else can we talk about here? Well, we talked about women's volleyball. Re- well, women's recruiting basketball. signing day, fall, yes, fall classes right. were uh, the other day. Basketball, baseball, women's soccer all on the board. Men's basketball picked up four guys. That's the largest recruiting class for the fall that Dan Marley has had. They got two guys right out of high school and then two junior college transfers, all of which are supposed to be pretty pretty uh, highly talented guys from what I've seen, what I've read, what I've heard. Dan Marley's very high on all four. We got some size coming in from the JUCO transfers next year. Thank God. Which is nice. You know, the size. And then a couple sharpshooting guards as well. Liam Lloyd's the big name that really sticks out from Gonzaga Prep. I believe his dad also is on the coaching staff at Gonzaga. So, you know, hey, we beat out Gonzaga for a recruit. Let's just, we'll go there. Dare I say. Is GCU better than Gonzaga? That's the real question. We've never actually played them, so. Yeah, that's undetermined. We'll find out. (laughs) I guess that's true. And then women's soccer picked up some key players. Men's baseball got a big recruiting class like normal. Yes, sir. Carson Ohl, Pearson Ohl's brother, will be joining GCU next fall. We got the Ohls. The Ohls will be in attendance, as always. Who's got the Ohls? We've got the Ohls. We got Ohls for days. Entirely new roster, too. It will, yeah. This year and next year. It'll definitely be a new one next year. My, my favorite signing of the men of the uh, baseball team is definitely Homer Bush Jr., yes. which I think is the most baseball name I've ever heard in my life. That if and you know he plays the outfield, so possible repra- replacement for Quinn Cotton. Probably has uh, speed. Possibly. The next Homer Bush. I mean, our outfield had great great names. You know, Quinn Cotton, Preston Pavlika, Kona Quiggle. It doesn't really get better right. than that. But Homer. Homer in the outfield is just, that's going to be great. Yeah, this would be a definite interesting year for the uh, the Lopes. They did lose, I mean, losing Quinn Cotton and Kona Quiggle is very tough. Um, Pekai Winchester is also gone, who I think is one of the most, and still think one was one of the most underrated aspects of that lineup. Um, uh, but, I mean, they got a couple of returners. I, I, it looks like Dane Stankwitz is back, which is nice for his final year. He'll be Obviously a grad. He's a graduate student this year. Right. And then the West Dane played a great middle infield as backup. Johnny Absolutely. Weaver is back. 
Brock Burton, he'll probably fill into the outfield as well. And, and, you know, who knows what we're going to get from these freshmen. So, baseball season is going to be interesting. David, David Abidia is back, which is awesome. Cade so, Meckles. Cade Meckles, yeah, that's right. He turned down the draft. Cole Hoskins, who is a solid reliever for the Lopes. Cuba Bess, I'm glad he's back. He's Cuba Bess is going to be the, the Kona Quickle of the men's team, I, 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 of the baseball team. Well, he's you heard be it that here first. That's that breakout year. Are you trying to say that there's going to be a women's baseball team? I have made that mistake several times before. Uh, so, yes, there may be, there's a future women's baseball team. They're going to be coming up the same time we get a football team out there. Yeet, yeet. Okay. As Dan All would right. say, yeet, yeet. Uh, so we're running out of time here. We're about, like, 40 minutes in, which oh, Carl- Carlton likes to keep it to, like, 25, 30 minutes. We tend to run our mouths a lot. Here's the last thing I want to do. Since we already talked about your dowel call, all three of us are broadcasters, all still learning, learning the learning the <laughs> digs. Let's go around and uh, share our, our worst botches as broadcasters. Kyle, you want to go first? My wo- oh, oh the the last ten minutes of the soccer game from last Saturday. Yeah, so Kyle was my worst uh, ten minutes of soccer Ky- ever. Kyle botched the final uh, uh, goal call for GC Men's Soccer so this year. Phil, it Phil was so bad. He thought it was Austin Day. The call itself, I don't think, was that great. You said it the, yourself. The call itself was also trash. And uh, he, it's like, oh, Austin Day with his first collegiate uh, goal. Uh, goal, no, it wasn't. On it was Justin Rasmussen. In his final game, and it was Justin Rasmussen. And I'm, 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 as color, I'm backing him up. I'm like, yeah, Austin Day, first collegiate goal. How do you like that in his final game? And Kyle's next to me, like, doing, like, the, the, the slit the throat thing. Like, cut it, cut it. No. Stop guy. talking about Justin. Stop saying his name. It's not. It was Justin, not Austin. Oh, my God. And then Kyle turns to me after that, hits his cough button, and goes, man, my first mistake at GCU TV. Like, no, I said my first face. mistake this I've been year. perfect ever since. Shut your face. I said this year. Uh, Phil, besides the Dattle call, what else you got? Uh, my first year at GCU doing women's basketball, there was a player named Jessica Gajewski, and I could not <laughs> pronounce her last name. And it, was, it, was a, it was a part of our little meme off we do at the end of the year that me pronouncing Jessica Gajewski, her last name, I could not get it right. Even if I had said it slowly, I would not have said it correctly. It's mostly just names for me. I'm really yeah. bad at pronouncing names. Um, I have called a couple wrong plays before actually just recently we were doing youth football and there was a kid for the little the like youth cottonwood team and uh i called number 32 on the opposing team for the touchdown when it was actually number 32 for the for the cottonwood marauders so that was fun because it was a big touchdown and i said the wrong name and everyone was going oh hey that's not the right name so interesting issue for me but uh, it's mostly mostly that i've had a couple times, obviously, the Maddie Dowell thing. Dowdle where she's not in the outfield. Um, that's that's probably the most annoying thing is not only do you call the wrong person, um, but they make the game-winning catch and uh, to upset a, a huge team. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I, I think my biggest thing is uh, missing letters when it comes to certain words. Obviously, the one I always remember <laughs> is the Utah Valley game, women's basketball. Uh, <laughs> 30 seconds into the game, this happened. 30 seconds in. Kyle makes the call. Piera with two seconds left on the shot clock makes the shot. And I'm like, yeah, Piera uh, wheeling and dealing inside uh, inside the paint. Uh, again, like you mentioned, Kyle, two seconds off the shot cock. And <laughs> it was so bad. And I think during a, a, a softball game, instead of saying sacrifice bunt, I said sacrifice blunt, which I didn't really pick up on at all until someone was looking at me like, dude, that, that was totally was it, wrong. Was it the SID? Was it? I, I think it may, it may have was been it? Sarah. Yeah. And I'm I like, I like, didn't pick it? up on it. I'm like, what? Did I say something wrong? I'm like, oh, blunt. 
pot, that, weed. That's yeah, my that's bad. That is my you bad. Can't say that on the air. We, we strive to do better, campus. everybody. We strive yeah. for better. Christian, man. Can't say that on the Lord's campus, my guy. Well, I did. Signed, What's sealed, up? and delivered. <laughs> that's his new call this year. Just all of a sudden, everything is signed, sealed, and delivered. One of these times, I just have to go, I'm yours. All right, so this Complete is... the lyric. Sayonara was Jack's last year. That, that's for baseball, yes. That's baseball. Yes. It's okay. He asked Barry in our meeting the other day if it, if he should have a signature call. Or Barry if he likes vary my calls. It. It's confirmed. That's good. Uh, so that'll do. Let's end this with a big sign sealed and delivered. So this was Believe in GCU, oh, no. episode seven, a surprise appearance from GCU TV's very own former broadcaster, Philip Catalfamo. From everybody here at GCU, Believe in GCU, on the campus of Grand Canyon University, in Camelback Hall. In the heart of Phoenix, Arizona, for Kyle Borg and Philip Catofimo, I'm Jack O'Hara saying, have a great rest of your evening, and, as always, go Lopes. And if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube